With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, y'all, man. Did y'all get a chance to take a look at the quarterback documentary that we had touched base on on the last show briefly there? I didn't want to do any spoilers, but, you know. Binged it Friday night and Saturday morning, man. Finished the last couple episodes with my girl on Saturday morning. Yep, got through it last night, actually. So here we are wrapped up with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, I told you guys it was going to be an easy binge. You know, it wasn't one of those where it's going to be extraneously long. I think like 45 minutes per episode, eight episodes or whatnot. I'm curious to get you guys' opinion on some things, you know, because we have a lot of different Bengals fans in the community that did not want to watch it if you look on the Twitterverse. And I think that they're missing out on a bigger picture, though. So, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, before you get my opinion about it, you got to get the intro, though. Let's get yes, it started. I love that intro. I can't wait till we get that little last tweak in there and we can go live on this bad boy. I think we might actually, looks like uh, Wednesday, we might be live at uh, 8.05. Uh, so we'll be on YouTube and on uh, Facebook as well, Facebook Live. So look for that. It's pretty dope. I like it. That beat's tough. I'll tell you that. I love I love that beat just sitting back here backstage and listening. I'm like, okay, okay. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mine's got some my, – uh, you know, this is Mod, uh, Mod Bell from uh, – he does the uh, Dallas Cowboys on the Fans First Sports Network. He uh, also does the Know-It-Alls podcast uh, on Sundays. He is a Christian rap artist and, wow. and, and hooked that beat up for us. And, and him and I have awesome. been working on some other things too, so – might have some bad music coming pretty soon. Just to All right. throw that out there. <laughs> but yeah, Lacey, you were you were asking about this quarterback on Netflix. Yes, sir, man. Um, so I kind of came up with the pseudo nickname for it, and I said it was like the Patrick Mahomes documentary because from start to finish, it was pretty much just kind of like engulfing a lot of Mahomes. 
And I got to be careful when I say that, of course, because that can also have some sort of sexual kind of connotation to it that we're not going to talk about. But it's just it's you're digesting a lot of Mahomes's, you know, success, his story, everything, everything about the uh, it, it was almost like funny in a weird way, because it was like they sort of played it off of the last dance where you're talking about the 90s, the 98 Bulls. But everybody really was just focusing on Michael Jordan the whole entire time because we knew that that was the story all along. So, I mean, again, I personally liked it. Um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of good, you know, mixed bags of re reactions when it came to how their season unfolded, you know, while I was watching their season live. But the, the documentary didn't really sort of placate to this idea of a narrative that they were trying to spin. It's just natural human elements of emotions when it came throughout the season. Peyton Manning did a great job, executive producer of the show. Uh, he captured a lot of good details from three different guys and how their careers are different from one another. It's not like it could have been real easy if you would have put like the best quarterbacks and then tell them their story. But that doesn't necessarily work out that way. Marcus Mariota, I mean, he had a really good, intriguing story, too, that maybe fans may not have found appetizing. He was almost like a supporting character in it. Um, but overall, those are my general thoughts on the show. Yeah, I, I you know, with me, when I look when I watch the show, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I like I think Peyton Manning and all, Omaha Productions did a really good job on the entire thing. I liked the in some points, you know, they would show, you know, they would show most of the games. They showed like almost all of the Chiefs games. And then they would skip around a little bit with the Vikings games and, and the, the Falcons games. So there was a little, you know, a little stuff right there. But I mean, I like when they would show some flashbacks when some of the players would talk about a significant game that stuck out to them a couple of years before or something like that. And, you know, like, for instance, like, you know, when Kirk Cousins went back to Washington and played the Commanders and they would show a couple of games like that, they would show that you liked that game when they came down from us uh, from 24 nothing down 2015 and beat the Bucs. Just, just little stuff like that. Mahomes for a Super Bowl. Uh, they showed a couple of AFC championship game against the Bengals and, and the week 17 matchup, just a lot of stuff in general, Marcus Mariota. But like, uh, I will say, I think, uh, I just, I just want to know like what the process was in trying to get these quarterbacks to give all this access for at first, when I was looking at it, I was like, this is a very interesting group of quarterbacks. And like Justin said, they could have picked the top couple quarterbacks and done it like that, but it is unique to have you know, guys in different parts of their careers and have their different perspectives of life. Uh, all of them are fathers. That was, you know, uh, cool to see. You know, Marcus Mariota just had a kid, and then Kirk Cousins had two kids already, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes was in the process of having a kid. So it was uh, interesting to see how they dealt with that uh, on their off-the-field life, uh, of course. So I that was uh, really neat to see the inner workings of that. Um, but overall, I, I think it was really cool to just get that deep dive on what a quarterback really has to go through uh, throughout a season and some of the, the hardships and, and uh, you know, tough talks that need to be done and and also the verbiage of a quarterback. I mean, they had – I think it was episode – That's what I was getting ready to ask you. Yeah. Like, what yeah. did you think about all the studying and the verbiage oh my gosh. And yeah. all that kind of jazz? Yeah, it was like Kirk Cousins was saying. It was like, you know, if you know if you could walk in there and think that, you know, people can just walk in and play quarterback without being academically sound, then you got another thing coming. You study every single day for this, and basically Sunday or whatever day you play is a test. And, you know, the best of the best – pass their test and win their games and perform well. And the worst of the worst, 
we don't hear from them anymore. They're not playing. So it's uh, that's a really interesting perspective to see from it. So I really enjoyed this entire series as a whole in different perspectives and, and, and different assets. Yeah, you know, Mahomes skipped uh, the award ceremony uh, mm-hmm. because he was studying. You know what I mean? He's yeah. sitting there with his, with his notepad on his lap. I thought that was fascinating. You know what it actually made me do in a weird way? I felt bad for Baker Mayfield because this guy had a different <laughs> – Offensive coordinator every yeah. year in the league, and yeah. I was like, "Man, this guy just goes through the ringer, doesn't he?" Uh, he does. But when you start thinking about some of those guys with turnover and all the different things they got to learn, man, I mean, it's just wild. But I that that was my biggest takeaway on it. Um, that and you know, I, I I the the difference in personalities between Mariota to Kirk Cousins, to Mahomes, was from one side of the spectrum to the other. And I give, um, uh, you know, Peyton Manning a lot of credit and whoever he used to get the different quarterbacks and recruit them for the access or whatever, because in one hand you had, you know, they were obviously in different spots in their career. They were obviously totally different people where, I mean, Kirk Cousins and the golly G's, and then Mahomes was like, you know, rated R. Yeah. He was he was f bombs from start to finish. I was like, wow, this guy sounds like I used to when I was in a kitchen. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild. But I, I don't know. Did, did you? What did you take away from the uh, personality traits, Justin? Man, uh, <laughs> different personalities for sure. But going back to you know, Chase brought up about like the studying aspect of the game. The mental game was another one that stuck out to me very widely because when the Chiefs played the 49ers, prior to that game, I was thinking to myself, you know, the 49ers got an incredible defense. Now they had some early struggles during the season, uh, the 49ers I'm, I'm speaking of. And I remember going into the week that the Chiefs played them and I was thinking to myself, I think the 49ers may pull off an upset. And then it was very, and then the Chiefs ended up pulling off a real big win, like a, almost like a dominating win at that point. And then it was funny because there was a clip of Mahomes saying, "Like they don't get that I watch tape, but they I got watch tape." Mm-hmm. And it just he did a little flashback, a flashpoint from previous seasons of how safeties will play him. Actually, used the yep. Bengals clip actually, yeah. Um, yeah. Say to the, have the safety will play high to kind of eliminate the deep shots that he usually would would do. And then the loss of Tyreek Hill sort of manipulated their game in a certain way. But that 49ers game was a, even more of a calling card that uh, no, we don't need to be scared on throwing deep shots again just because they want to play here because I know they're playing me like this. So the mental fortitude of the game mixed in with his personality, his brash little personality. Um, it, it was very interesting to me. Kirk Cousins, you know, he I, I always had this opinion about him too, about how they portrayed him in the media. Uh, I wouldn't say in the media, but in a, in a documentary that he's just such an uber competitive guy that he don't want to, when he's in this heightened emotion stage, the best thing to actually just leave him alone. Let, stop trying to t- steer him to tell him what to do. You know, just leave him alone. Let him be. Let him just work out his kinks and whatnot. And it also woke up like injuries, man. They played a tell, it, it played mm. a tale on him too that nobody really knew about because they were also focused on that they're, um, they had 11 one-score games that they won. So Marcus Mariota really did show too much personality from what I've taken. Like nothing really stuck out. I mean, there's personality there, but nothing really stuck out with me. And until like the part where he was getting benched 
Um, yeah. Like you saw the highs and lows of roller coaster, uh, but nothing really stuck out to me is like how he was enjoying the success and he was just fired up and everything like that. Like you saw from the other two. Well, I don't guys. even know if he enjoys the game much right now. You know what I mean? It, 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 that's that's my that's another takeaway from that too. It's like man, because there was that part where he took a disappearing act where you didn't even see him. Like, he just disappeared away from the team after it was announced that Desmond Ritter was going to take over the starting role, and then he was just gone. Like, yeah. and then came back at the tail end of this um, the documentary that, hey, he went to Hawaii and all this and that, and but he just needed to get away. Even um, when he talked about I'm, the Titans, getting benched at the Titans, he talked about that yeah. and about what it did to his psyche and he had to get a reset in Las Vegas, of all places. And, um, you know, just <laughs> right. like, I don't know, I, I – I mean, I hate to put this out in the world this way, but it seemed like, you know, the dog that's been hit by the broom that now it cowers every time you pull a broom out. Like, he just seemed like he was waiting on something bad to happen. It was, it was yeah. weird. Yeah, that, 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 the, the other shoe to drop. Like he, like, he couldn't enjoy the fun in the moment. A lot of people forget before they played the Bengals, which Chase alluded to, they didn't even show that clip for the Falcons when they played the Bengals. And nope. this was right after their big win of the 49ers. Yeah. They had played us the next week and they got destroyed. You didn't even hear nothing about that. And it was immediately now the next game was against the Falcon. Um, yeah, the Falcon, Falcons Panthers. played the Panthers, I believe. Yep. Yep. And that's where PJ Walker did that real deep historic oh. deep bomb. To oh, that was unbelievable. That was one of the greatest passes I've ever seen, honestly. Yes. Yeah. And then a missed extra point. What a wild game. Now, Mm -hmm. elephant in the room here. I'm going to let Chase have this one first because I I don't want Justin to just take the rest (laughs) of the time up. Very Mahomes heavy. I know a lot of fans for the Bengals were not excited about that. Um, I personally, if it's involving football, whether it's our guys or somebody else, I'm interested in watching it. I liked getting behind the curtain a little bit. But what yeah. were your thoughts on it being uh, Mahomes-centric? I felt it was going to be from the start. <laughs> I mean, they – I mean, I remember episode one, they showed, like, I think literally their first, like, four or five games. Where, like, they showed, like, all of them in a row. Um, I didn't mind it. It was just like, you know, I kept them back. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. I'm not, not terribly surprised that this is Mahomes-centric and everything. I will say, when they got to the AFC Championship game and once they were done – showing the entire you know you know showing the the highlights and everything that went into that game i had to i had to pause it for about 10 or 15 minutes just to like all right all right all right it happened let's get back to the thing it's okay and all that but you know that was that was just myself i think it was it was cool though seeing like you know all of the the real-time stuff that was going on with with patrick mahomes i mean he is the best quarterback in the national football league and just you know seeing seeing him actually like you know you know, you don't hear all the trash talk on the field. Uh, you know, you'll see like some some viral clips that go out, maybe like, oh, Mahomes did this or Mahomes said this and stuff like that. But to really have that all access of basically hearing almost everything he said after some plays was was uh, was pretty crazy uh, to see. Right. So, but I will say, I think the elephant in the room, you know, it was Patrick Mahomes centric and everything. But I'm I'm not gonna hate on it, but it, it's it's there though. Yeah, I mean, he some of his language could have made a hell's angel blush, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I here's I, I liked it. I, regardless of what it was, they picked these three at the beginning of the year. He did win the Super Bowl. Yeah. My flashback wasn't about like any of those things other than this. I've, you know, the AFC Championship game. 
where they, they lost. I get why they were up for us. I don't think any of the viral clips of the mayor doing anything. I don't get any of those being extra uh, motivation for him whatsoever. But those guys didn't need motivated. They've lost three straight times to Joe yeah. Burrow. They're obviously the top few quarterbacks in the league. I got them one, two. Yeah. Most I see a lot of people do, but there are no one's arguing them out of the top five, right? So, right. Yep. for those reasons, if you're, I mean, in the words of the great scholar Ric Flair, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the attitude. I, like, you know, when he said he wanted, he 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 thought he matched up better against the Bills, but he wanted the Bengals. That's what I want my quarterback to say. Yeah, you know who do you want? I want Burrow to say, "Bring me Mahomes, let's mm-hmm. go out back." You know, I mean, that's it. You're you're in a brawl. You're, yeah. We're we're gonna battle it out and see who the best is in the league. In my mind, so why don't we come out back and settle this? Settle yeah. it every year. You know, what I mean, that's Absolutely. so. I wasn't upset at all with his comments like that. I, I thought it was it was good. Um, the the one thing that really you know I've the punt in that game. The the everybody points to the 15 yard penalty from Osai. Yeah. Um, there were some other things. What really stood out to me was we got the ball, we're driving down, we get a third down, and what happens? Right tackle turnstile is the sack that puts Burrow down and puts Mahomes back on the field. And I was like, oh wow. I hope I hope Jonah can fix that. You know, I mean, that's 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 what went through my mind. Here I yeah, am, yeah. you know, here I am the next off season, and I, that's the, the the thing I'm thinking about when I'm watching Mahomes, and and, and I was like, man, I hope the turnstile gets fixed. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, um, Justin, we're gonna let you go here. What'd you think about the uh, the Mahomes centric? Kind of, I you you've dot you've dubbed it what the Mahomes what? I loved it. The Mahomes documentary is the nickname because it it really did just spoke largely of Mahomes' career essentially in one season from start to finish, where you didn't really see that from any of the other quarterbacks that was featured in Kirk Cousins or Marcus Mariota for obvious reasons because their season came to an end before he did and he did win a Super Bowl. So here's here's what I originally thought going into watching it. I've always came off with this per, uh, perspective that the national media always wants to paint the Bengals into a villain or not so good picture. But I had to recall that, retract that statement because I was ready for that shoe to drop that. I want watch they want to paint the Bengals into a bad, to the villain of this. Cause that's how I thought about it. Um, the AFC championship game, everybody pulled the, the everybody sort of like nationally had pubbed the Bengals, dubbed the Bengals to be the villain, even though we were probably the sentimental favorites going into that game, even though the spread line said the Chiefs were the favorite. I also thought that they were going to forget about week 13 until episode six, the beginning of it. And that's where they sort of buttered the roll perfectly to just drop the burrow and the bangle bomb right there. Bengal fans that don't want to watch this documentary, and I was urging several of us to be like, you know what, I get it, the AFC Championship loss stung, but they've really portrayed the Bengals really well. Patrick Mahomes gave immense amount of credit to how we've built our team, how Joe, Joe Burrow operates as a quarterback. I didn't really see that when they did when they were talking briefly about the Bills. That was it was almost like the Bills were a footnote in the documentary more, and the Bengals were just like the sole like the sole storyline that led up to the to that rivalry that we know what it is now and it's almost like 
fans don't want to appreciate that we're in this. And it's not because we're trying to tell their story better. It's more so the fact that these are high-profile caliber quarterbacks. Obviously, Mahomes is number one. He's the best in the game for obvious reasons. But he is just really that guy that – but Joe Burrow and him are really those guys that know how to truly elevate and transcend the team in all parts, whether if it's ownership to all the way down to this, even to the water boy. He, they elevate that team. And Mahomes recognized this, recognized that in so much that us Bengals fans were trying to tell Chiefs fans, whether it's on Twitter or online, that this is how we've done it. So I absolutely did not mind that it was more Mahomes-centric. I understood that. But at the end of the day, for those Bengals fans that were retracting themselves to watching, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but just know that the Bengals were not painted in this bad light that you might think that they were. And we were actually really more or less appreciated that this has been a thing, at least coming from my angle of watching it from the outside in. Nice. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I think that's a good take. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell our audience now. I'm going to apologize now. These are jungle sprints. You're going to see some shorts coming out for me with jungle sprints. Normally, it's going to be one or two. This one's all three of us, and we had a couple different things we were talking about instead of one. So this is kind of the 200-yard dash, not the 100-yard dash. So you got to stick it out for a few more minutes. Um, but real quick, before we get going, I just want to get uh, your opinions on the mix-in restructuring of the contract. Um, just what do you think? What do you think it means? And, and and you know, is there deeper meaning? Did we get him at the right deal? What it is? Chase, what do you think? To be completely honest, I didn't even know Mixon had two years left on his deal. I thought it was just this year, and then he was gone after that. You know, I thought his deal was finished. But, I mean, seeing the news that he uh, – I was actually in Cincinnati right across from Paul Brown Stadium when I – the Paycor Stadium, I got the news. So, I was like, oh, nice. But He's uh, got one in a team option, right? One in a team – yeah, I think one in a team option. So, I mean, just seeing the cut, I think it was – how much? It was nine. It was like nine million was the cut, and then I think it was divided over, like, the, those two years, I believe. So, right? that that's what – it was against the cap. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, so so he went from um, – nine point nine point three to just under six against the cap um but he he was going to earn 12.3 million and now he's he's going to be in that six to eight range depending on performance he's got some he's got some uh some gettable if he you know thousand yards and 10 touchdowns whatever he's got some gettable uh bonus structure in his contract so yeah so I'd say if he gets that a thousand ten touchdowns, I think the money to eight million's worth it. I mean, I love yeah. I love the fact right. that they restructured his contract. Obviously, like I think we were talking about this. Maybe it was off camera. Maybe it was you know or you know off audio and stuff like that. I think uh, Brandon, you mentioned it was like you know I don't want Chase Chase Brown walking out there week one as a starting running back. So you know it's just mm-hmm. it's I'm glad I've mixed it in there. Guy that's been in the league uh, going into his seventh season. He's been a thousand yard rusher. Uh, he took that pay cut and. You know, it just also signifies that, hey, Cincinnati has turned that corner from, you know, we're just a laughing stock to some people, you know, some players come here for their careers to just finish up and lay it the rest. Now we're contenders. And if Joe Mixon's taking that cut to be like, man, I want to be on this contending team with Joe Burrow and all the receivers and great players that we have on the defensive side of the ball, uh, that really speaks volumes and, and, 
you know, it shows dividends in what we've done the last couple of years. And even looking at last year of Mixon, I mean, he missed a couple of games, still had like 850 rushing yards. So, I mean, like it wasn't like that Mixon's washed or anything like that. It's nothing, nothing of that caliber. It's just, you know, I think he understands that, hey, I got to cut this, cut the money off a little bit. We got to get some more pieces or, or just look ahead for the future. And it's win now mode. It's put everything on the line and let's, uh, let's get after and win a bowl. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, play they're playing ball with us in the in the front office, which wasn't always the case. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and and I, to me, that's the Burrow effect. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of the Blackburn effect, we'll say, but the yeah. Burrow effect. Um, we'll get into our theorists here, Justin. You got anything <laughs> deeper on that? Well, not so much in the sense of all things that Chase alluded to, but it does really illustrate how strong the relationship between Joe Mixon and the Bengals front office and this team has really just evolved and that he was always a team first guy. Um, before, you know, everybody was always throwing a running joke of, well, the Bengals, they don't restructure contracts. We all heard that narrative. And that was because it was true. They didn't really restructure contracts. But it was more so how they handed out their contracts that never really needed restructuring because they've always sort of fair priced them in the way that worked for them. But now they see that, that this is something that both Joe Mixon and the front office can agree that this can be done. Like, it's okay to do these things if it's necessary. And give kudos to Joe Mixon, man. He's had to deal with a tumultuous offseason. And for him to come back, you know, wanting to be could still be a part of this team, this winning team, being in this city, he's helped build this thing up when he first got here in 2017. He wasn't the starting running back. If people remember, it was Jeremy Hill. He was, I believe, second or third on that depth chart that ultimately worked his way to the starting role because he had the highest potential out of all of those guys. And I'm just happy that he's agreeing upon this. He made a smart decision because if it would have been a situation where he got cut because he wouldn't negotiate for a restructure, he wouldn't have seen any good any of the kind of money that he's getting now in the open for agent market. So good for them for both of them, man. The front office and Joe Mixon. I agree. I, I here's the thing I will say. It doesn't, you know, three million, five million doesn't sound like a lot of money in the big scheme of things, right? Especially with the salary cap projections to be in the two fifty range and then two eighty range over the next two years. But when you're looking at let's say a contract for next year, then instead of being, you know, at or just below what Hertz is getting. Now you maybe kick that three or five million dollars over and it goes just above what Hertz is getting. So then maybe maybe that's a Joe Burrow. Is that the prelude of Joe Burrow getting signed? And 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 I also I spoke about this on Steel Curtain Network. I was on uh, the Let It Ride podcast um, with uh, Jeff Hartman. And I, I really have a sneaking inclination. This is it just started building on me over the past couple of weeks. Cause I've been talking about trying to get T done. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Um, and I don't know what we're going to do there, but I'm watching the burrow contract because burrow gets done first. And if burrow gets, you know, 5 million, uh, or, or excuse me, five years instead of four years or six years instead of five, I think that's a precursor to the following year, Jamar Chase getting done. Because if if Burrow takes five years, I think Chase signs for four, and they guarantee themselves to be together for that time period. Just a sneaking inclination. They're that, they're that close and tight with each other. I think 
I think that's the move. So if, if Burrow signs six years, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chase sign five or Burrow signs, you know, four, maybe it's only three for Chase. So watch that because it could be something. It could be on the Big Bengals theory one of these days. Who knows? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, fellas, any other closing comments before we sprint out of this jungle? All good. No, I'm good from here. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we did this. I'm glad we can unlike the fans on different aspects of things. So I hope you guys, if they haven't watched the documentary yet, it's a good documentary. You know, don't let your newfound hatred for this Kansas City Chiefs deter you away from it's still great content, great football. Yep. Hey, check us out Wednesday, 8.05. We will be back on here. All three of us will be on this week again. Um, should be going live on YouTube as well. We should have some video finally. You can get see these smiling faces. Uh, but, you know, other than that, whenever there's news, it's worthy of covering. We're going to get on here and tell you about it. Uh, rather it's a Netflix documentary or rather it's a restructuring of a contract or anything in between. So for Chase Yow, it's Justin Lacey. I'm Brandon Harriet, and we are running through the jungle, and you just saw us sprinting. Oh, yeah.